um, invest. They're the largest investment consultant in the world. They do health and welfare benefits wow. for large companies. Wow. And then they do uh, pension plans. Or they're the actuary and um, administrator of a lot of uh, pension well, plans. Let's plans. just talk about generally accepted accounting principles. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, we'll, I, I think our producer says we're ready to roll. Aloha. This is Bear Wozniak on the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Today we are going to talk about the subject everybody really wants to know what is really ticking inside an accountant's head. You know, they, ne they never make uh, TV shows or dramas about CPAs, and I don't get it because I'm a CPA, and it's one of the most exciting, adventurous things you can ever do in life. Um, and, and you just don't understand that unless you've lived this exciting, thrilling life of an accountant. <laughs> we have a fellow CPA uh, uh, with us today, Mike Chadwick from Men of Christ. We're going to explore the interior psyche of a CPA. Be right back. Welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Kickstart that engine and roll thunder with the pack. Explore the grittiness of manly spirituality. Gain traction in the virtues. Zoop up your spiritual engine by turning adversity into adventure. Now here's Bear Wozniak. Let's ride. Aloha and welcome to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. You know, I got to tell you, I was talking with Kevin Phillip in uh, Re Regina, Canada, about a week ago. We talked about doing a men's conference up there with him. And he said, what should we do? And we kind of throwing some ideas around. I said, why don't we call it the 300? And he was like, well, why? And I don't know. The thought just came to me, the 300. His conference has about 75 men attending. And that's kind of a, a level you can get to where you just kind of stop. And you have to have this breakthrough to get beyond the 75. And I said, why don't we call it the 300? Because we'll get 300 men to come this, this time. And, uh, but I was thinking about, I was in Thermopylae, Greece, about a year ago and uh, visited the place where the 300 Spartans entered into the breach and fought that battle. And I've also been uh, in that area between the Sea of Galilee and Nazareth and, and Jerusalem where Gideon's army of 300 men fought that battle. And, uh, you know, there's, there's this, this kind of mentality. We have kind of the Elijah mentality of, woe is me, I'm the only one who's really faithful to the Lord. And, um, you know, the, what's happening to the world, it's all falling apart. What's happening to the Catholic Church, it's all falling apart. And God shows up, talks to Elijah, and he goes, Elijah goes, I'm the only one left. And God says, no, I got a hundred other prophets hidden in another cave. Obadiah <laughs> has them. Uh, and, the, and what's amazing is that what God can do with a vigilant, valiant uh, group, a small group of men that are faithful to uh, the Lord, faithful to the Catholic teaching, faithful to their wives, faithful to, to, uh, to pursue the, the virtues, what God can do with a small group. And so I'm challenging all of you to step into that breach that, um, that the, the Spartans of Thermopylae stepped into step into the breach that the, uh, the, uh, the men who rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem with Nehemiah stepped on step into the breach and then stand your ground. And you want to know where the breach is. It's running right through your living room. You need to step into that breach right there. Your children need to see you, that you're a man of prayer. They need to see you praying when they wake up. Oh, there, there's daddy, there's praying. Or maybe he's, he's leading the family in a rosary or, or going, taking them to mass uh, and, and turning off the TV and making sure they're only watching quality things and, 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 and uh, leading them by example. The breach is right there, man. And we need you to understand that it's, it's not like it's all falling apart, so why should I even bother? We've always been a remnant. The faithful have always been swimming upstream, going against the tide. And just enter in, but find a few other good men 
that you can join with for maybe a breakfast once a week or, or, or a, a cell group at church, but begin to gather other men and watch that 300 grow. And we have with us someone today, Mike Chadwick, who is a CPA, <laughs> but he's also part of this group in the Milwaukee area called Men of Christ, which is the largest men's conference in, the North, in North America. They went from a small group to 3,000. That 300, that 75 can become 300. The 300 should and can become 3,000. Um, so it's exciting to be with someone who's, who's been faithful to the Lord. And the only reason why he's on my show is as I was doing, we were shooting Long Ride Home when we were riding from Cocoa Beach up to Washington, D.C., and across to Steubenville, Cleveland, Notre Dame, up towards the... Um, Mackinac Bridge and over the north side of Lake Superior and then finally got down to Pewaukee or the Milwaukee area and I was so exhausted and so beat up and then here are the men of Christ they they have a, having a barbecue hosting hosting me and, and some of and my crew and uh, everyone there said you got to interview Mike Chadwick and I go why I go you just got to interview him so I don't know why he's on our show but we got Mike Chadwick on our show Mike aloha welcome to the Bear Wozniak adventure Aloha, Bear. Thank you for having me. Fun to have CPAs on your show. Everyone's. I can't stand CPAs. What about what about you? <laughs> I don't like people to even know I'm a CPA. You know, <laughs> they in, in, immediately pigeonhole you. But you work for the same firm I did. Yeah, for Deloitte. Deloitte Touche. Deloitte and Touche. Yeah, yep. I mean, I, tell me what that was like for you the first the first couple of years of working with them. You know what? It, it was a, uh, it was a good over, overall looking back. It was a really good experience. Um, but I, uh, probably like you, I would, I would get in, in the morning, um, around nine o'clock and I would leave usually at two or three in the morning for half the year. So, but you, you, you form real good bonds with the people your age and, you know, early to mid twenties. Um, so that was, that part of it was great. Building business acumen is great. Everything else was horrible. I'll tell you it's, it's, it takes fortitude. Well, here's the problem, Mike. Is when you walk, you think you're pretty smart, right? Because you probably were in the top of your class to get a, to get hired by Deloitte, and you think you're really smart, and then you realize you don't know these guys are a whole different level. Right? They're brilliant. They're just brilliant, and uh, it's very humbling and kind of scary. Like any moment they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing. They're going to fire me. You know? I think they did find out. No. Uh, no, I, I definitely had that feeling. Well, you, you, you worked with them for a total of career of about 15 years. I, I only worked for, I actually, I worked for Deloitte and I really loved working for them. I really loved working for Deloitte Touche. But then I was moving to the Twin Cities area. I actually lived in the Twin Cities for four winters, as I recall. And I went to work for Price Waterhouse there. Yeah. yeah, so I had experience of two of the different, what they call the big four CPA firms. Now, isn't this exciting? Hey, do you know any CPA jokes? Uh, I, I don't. My family's full of lawyers, <laughs> so I have a lot of lawyer jokes, but I don't have many CPA jokes. Yeah, why aren't there any great films about CPAs, you know, the exciting <laughs> life of a CPA? I know one CPA joke. You want to hear it? Yes, I do. Okay, so uh, I used to, uh, when I was down in the El Paso area, we audited huge ranches in Mexico. Just hundred tons of cattle, and one of the and they ask you how do you count the cattle? And you go well, you count their legs and you divide by four. That's the typical way you count cattle. But no, uh, so what what they would do is they had brand these cattle right to identify them, and we called that a cruel basis of accounting. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, man. That's yeah, only two CPA jokes I've ever heard. I, yeah, the only one I I know is that there's a. A um, song from the 80s by Bananarama, and it is about accountants. 
it's called a cruel summer <laughs> dude see okay i got one more actually when i worked for land of lakes it's a fortune 100 company uh in the mid in the midwest after i left public accounting i joined them and uh and there was this built brand new building and there was this big lake that they had man-made lake i guess that they had made in front of the building and they wanted to give it a name and i came up with a perfect name the cost allocation pool but they <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it, though, right? There's just—it's not there, like it's funny. It's got that joke. You and I probably—it's not that funny. It's just super painful, right? Very, yeah. very painful to to be an accountant. So I guess that's it, guys. That's it for our show. We're going to wrap it up forty minutes early today. <laughs> no, we're talking with Mike Chadwick because, it, well, like I said, all the men there said you got to talk to this guy, and I didn't really get to visit with you months at the barbecue. Uh, but we want to hear a little bit more about um, kind of like your. You're, what brought you, uh, you're growing up and then, you know, I know you were raised in a small town and how your faith grew and tell us a little bit of, just a little bit about that first part. I know you went to some famous university. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, so I grew up in a relatively small town, about 10,000 people and, uh, uh, went to college at Notre Dame and spent four years there. And I think, you know, I, I had a, a good foundation, a good family, but it was during the, you know, I grew up in the late seventies, eighties, early nineties, where I think faith was not as intense probably, um, as, as it is now for me. And, um, when I went to Notre Dame, I started to, the nice thing is there's a chapel in every dorm. Mm. And so I was able to go to daily mass there. Um, and I had a tough time. I actually had homesickness my first year or two there, uh, pretty bad. And so I spent a lot of time in the chapel and really? I don't, and nobody knew, I mean, none of my, none of my friends there really knew, but I would, uh, you know, in the morning, go read scripture. I just sit there and pray. And then, uh, before I go to bed at night, I would, would they had 10 o'clock mass, uh, at night. And so every night I'd, I'd go there and then, but you sought God for your consolation. Absolutely. A lot of kids I, in college, they, 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 they see drinking or wild parties or something to be fine, kind of bury that, that loneliness, but you sought out God. That's so, you yeah. Yeah. It, and, and I think I, I probably was prone to, to doing the other, um, you know, I, I always, Wanted to, you know, I think by everyone wants to fit in a little bit, but I always had the, not, not a class clown, but always wanted to be, you know, kind of fitting in. I was uh, president of my class in high school. And so that, I think popularity was important to me back then. And, and so it was a challenge because I didn't drink, you know, uh, going into college. And, um, but it, yeah, I, I found, con that's a good way to put it there. I found consolation, I think. In no, it's interesting. I, I really didn't drink at all until um, when I was a junior in college, I, uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, back in the wild days of the 70s. And it was only then that I felt the liberty to have a drink. I was just kind of uptight, you know. I was trying so hard to be righteous and uh, finding that liberty. You know, the Catholic thing, you know, all things in moderation, you know. But yeah. I understand that. you uh, Finding consolation in uh, going to the chapel and then going to evening prayer. We're talking to, to Mass at night. We're talking to Mike Chadwick. He's one of the people that's very involved in the Men of Christ, the largest Catholic men's conference in the North America, probably in the world. This is the Bear Wozniak Adventure. We're going to be right back. We're talk with more with Mike, and uh, we're going to also explore a little bit more about the thrilling life of a CPA. We'll be right back. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak, author of Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul. I love the scripture verse. It is not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Every surfer knows that you can't surf without a wave. You know, when a surfer is out surfing and they ride an incredible wave, they come to the beach, people are cheering perhaps, 
they'll run up to the surfer and they'll go, that was a great wave. You will never hear anybody say to a surfer, wow, you really were amazing on that wave. That was an incredible wave. They will say that was a great wave. That's the way we as Christians need to live our lives. We need to pray that the Holy Spirit will send his power, that the Holy Spirit will send a wave of the Spirit that we can ride. We can't do it on our own might. We can't do it on our own strength. We need to do it only by the power of the Lord. Anything less than that isn't really even worth doing. And then when we ride that wave, the perfect wave that a surfer can ride is when they drop into a hollow wave and it throws over the top of them and they're covered over and they're riding in the the vortex of that wave, totally hidden in the tube of that wave. That's what we want to be as Christians. We want to be hidden in Christ. We want to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. But, But if people are really watching us express ourselves on a wave, what they're going to see is the wave. They're going to see the beauty and the power of the wave. If we are really moving and abiding in the Holy Spirit, people are going to see the Holy Spirit. People are going to see Jesus. Jesus said, my peace I live with you, my peace I breathe upon you. And he breathed upon them the Holy Spirit. In Hawaii, we know the meaning of aloha. It means to give breath. May the Holy Spirit aloha you. This is Bear Wozniak. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. This is a warning. The Bear Wozniak adventure is dangerous. The radical change Bear challenges you to is not for wimps. Change this station now to a soft rock station before it's too late. You've been warned. Now, here is Bear Wozniak. Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Uh, we're talking with Mike Chad right here. So you went to Notre Dame, and you were saying they have chapels in every dorm. Yes. But I have a story to tell you. I was I was inducted into the Catholic Sports Faith Hall of Fame uh, um, in, in, in Chicago. Now I'm by, by the owner of the owners of the Chicago Bears. They're the ones that have that. I don't know if you're aware of it. And I, the, one of the guys that was inducted there, and I, I can't tell, I can't remember his name at the moment, but he said he had played in a football game, I think under Era Parshigan, I forget who, and he had fumbled the ball five times, I think, in the first half. And then later, thankfully, he came back and scored five touchdowns in the second half. But he went to practice on Monday, and uh, the coach says, what are you even doing here? You can fit you." You committed five mortal sins on Saturday. <laughs> you go to there, and I guess there was five chapels. He said you go to every one of those chapels and go to confession five yeah, times. Maybe you went to confession at halftime to get those five. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love going to Notre Dame football games because afterwards, you, did you go to the mass after the football games? Yeah. Yep. Yep. In the basilica. Isn't that absolutely amazing experience? It's unbelievable. Explain. Yeah. Explain to people what we're talking about. Yeah. So after after the game, um, and, it, and it usually follows. I think. 30 minutes after the game, um, everyone goes from, you know, South Bend swells up with fans that are coming from all over. But then after the game, everybody makes their way to the Basilica. Not everybody, but. But it holds uh, how many you know, people do you think? About thousand at least. I mean, it's and, how, and how many people are in there? Two thousand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And you, and you can't move. And normally if you don't get there in time, you can't get. You yeah, I, was, I know one time I was sitting on the floor, you know, sc- crushed in someplace. And you're already kind of exhausted from a, going to the game. And now you you know, but it's a most it's a most beautiful experience. Thirty yeah, and, minutes and, after game, 
public service announcement. If you, if you don't get into the basilica, you can go below. There's a crypt underneath the basilica. And oh. so that's kind of where some of the overspill goes. That's actually where, if you remember Lou Holtz, he would go to daily mass there, oh. like five, I think that early morning mass. You know, I bumped, to him, I bumped into him once on an airplane and I, and I, you know, thanked him because I love who he is as a person. I said, love to have you on my radio show. Never heard from him. I gave him my <laughs> <laughs> He was very gracious, though. Yeah. But, yeah, so we love Notre Dame. Well, at Notre Dame, then your faith began to grow deeper. And then t- t- tell us what, what's next. Yeah, I, I think it, it began to grow, at least, um, and you hit it perfectly, Bear. I think it, it, I learned to kind of use my, uh, when I'm having struggles, you know, find my consolation in the Lord. And I think I took that with me to Chicago working with Deloitte. And I was there, uh, I was single for probably about six, seven years um, while there, and then I uh, met my wife. After How do you that. have time to meet a wife when you're working I don't for know. Deloitte? That's, the thing. that's what we used to joke about is yeah. that they would, uh, you know, they'd work you all, all week. And then Friday they'd say, Hey, we're going to have a happy hour, you know, at five o'clock. And then they're, they're buying. And so then next thing you know, it's Monday morning and you're, you're heading in for well, another I just long. remember uh, the boss coming in on Friday about four forty-five and saying, Hey, take care of this whenever you can get around to, but I need it first thing Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yourself yeah. <laughs> but you know, whenever you can get around to it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but that was the big thing. People would start marrying uh, other CPAs because you never met anybody else but accountants, and that's yeah. that doesn't make for for a happy marriage. Yeah, two accountants together. I don't know. No, no, that's a that's a small pool allocation. Uh, <laughs> but, oh, but, uh, we are so funny as accountants. <laughs> but they, uh, uh, my my wife ended up going to law school with my older brother, Paul and his wife. And, and so that's how you they, they ended up uh, dating and then they introduced me to her. So that's the only, the only way I had time or was able to, to uh, praise God for that. And then now you have five children. So she must like you. Well, I, I have seven children, seven so, children. Yeah. She definitely likes me. <laughs> wow. That that's, that's beautiful. But I know, um, actually li- living the life of CPA is, 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 you know, it's so cool cause you're learning, they say if you want to learn, follow the money. When you're an auditor, which I was, now I do. My little firm has we just do corporate taxes, but but you really learn a lot about uh, business, and you learn a lot about you know what people value and what they don't. They there's a saying that business is to make money for the shareholders, which is a really sad thing if that's the purpose of business. You know, if you you, you can find how it can just really wring the life out of people sometimes. Yeah, and I do feel you, like a little bit business has lost its way, and I think it used to be a family. You know, mm. so corporations used to be almost family-like, mm. and there's still some of those that are maybe a little more paternalistic. But it, but it, um, I, I kind of liken the CEO to a free agent. You know, instead of growing yeah. up and learning what it took right. to get there, there are people coming in and then making decisions that impact your family. And they don't understand the root. They don't. They only they're top-down decision makers. They don't understand. You know, and so eventually, then after getting that ten-year education, uh, you, you you went out on your own, and then I guess you. You're now working for uh, a company that is all is also does consulting in Chicago. Yeah, it's a it, actually a company based out of headquartered in New York, but well, they somewhere have a somewhere between here and there, though, you went through an excruciating time in your life. Um, can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. So um, my wife and I started started a family. So we lived in a, a high rise right on Michigan Avenue, and it was small. I mean, it was a box. And we had a dog, um, and <laughs> so it's just you know. And I, I would travel, so we decided we we're going to move back home. And she, so I, I grew up ninety miles west 
And she grew up around that area. So we decided we're just going to cut ties entirely and move back out. What and a bold I, decision. It bold, was. Bold, it was. We felt, called, we felt called to do it. And we, we had prayed about it. And um, we were starting to get into our faith together um, mm. a little bit. And um, we're listening to Scott Hahn, one of his oh, discs. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. we caught ourselves. We were coming. We kept going back there for the weekends and we'd come back home and we'd be in our parking garage and we caught ourselves staying in the car to finish listening to it. And wow. we just felt, we just felt nice like our God. heart was, was out there. And so we decided to move, um, which, which was tough. I continued to work in Chicago and I continue right now, but I, in the process, I, um, found out that I had a, a large, almost a softball size growth in my neck, which I never knew I had. And I hadn't been showing a lot of signs of it, but it had a signs of terminal cancer. So I had about three weeks where I didn't know um, if I had terminal or if it was a normal type of cancer. Well, when did you, um, how did you discover it? How did you know, when did you finally realize you had a problem? Yeah, probably another public service announcement. I went in for a checkup because I'd been having a little bit of pain kind of on the side of my neck and some my nerves were twitching. And um, you you can go in and if you swallow... Um, your thyroid is actually across your neck hmm. and the doctor was able to see this huge, uh, growth, uh, come up. And so, uh, so in that process, well, what, what did that make we, you feel like when he told you what was going on? You know what? I, I, I thought I had a strong faith and, um, and I, I'm not saying I, I didn't have a strong faith, but I, it, it floored me and it, all the thoughts kind of rushed into my head, um, you know, just of what that meant. Um, cause usually the, the, it's a three month time horizon for the type that I was worried about having and they weren't sure if I had or not. So well, tell me what, what was the first worry that, what was your first two concerns that you had? I, I think the first, the first thing that happened is the only way I can describe it. I've described it to other people, almost like I had glasses come on and all of a sudden I saw everything clearly. And I, and I questioned, like, what have I been doing? Why, why am I stressing out about stupid stuff? Um, and I clearly had put in, I had put in, I had put my job, before the Lord. And I'd put, you know, I think I convinced myself in my head that I'm, I'm doing this for my family and I'm working my butt off because that's what I do. And that's what a, a dad does. And it, and I realized I, I have limited time with my kids. Now I have limited time with my wife. And why did I waste all this time and energy doing what I've been doing or approaching my life the way I've been approaching my life. And so I think to a certain degree, the Lord had prepared me for this, but cause my faith had been building up, um, leading up to that. Cause when, when I moved home, so that, was helpful. So again, I, I sought consolation there. Um, yeah. And the, and the Lord went through a lot of prayer and there were several things that happened during that time frame where I was waiting to find out. But I think the, the toughest part was leaving my kids and, and think, knowing that and maybe it's a selfish thing, but I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, not being there for them. And they right. were at the, at the time I had uh, four, four, the fourth one was on the way. And I, and I was just devastated by that. And so I was, at home and I was struggling. So I got out in the car and, you know, and just real emotional. And I turned your wife, on the your wife wasn't with you at that time. So she, she was doesn't, not. She doesn't know yet. Okay. She doesn't know yet. So I, I was turned on the car to get going and I, the radio was on and I didn't really listen to the radio much or Catholic radio, but it was on a Catholic radio station. Um, it was, I believe it was relevant radio. And um, at the time, and when, when I turned it on, it said, but you have to understand those kids aren't, they don't belong to you. The kids belong to the Lord at the end of their life. They don't answer to you. They answer to God and you are a steward of them while they're, while they're here. And, you know, so that's why I was 
you know, God talking to me, I think, and, and giving right me from the moment you got in the car, the Lord, right from the moment it was, it was almost eerie. And, um, so I, that floored me. And it also just, uh, you know, kind of a wave just left me and, um, I was able to kind of deal with it in, in a better way. And then it, there was a lot of stuff that continued to happen through there. Well, let, let's, we're going to take a little break here, but we want to come back and talk about that because you're not the only one that the other people out there right now listening are facing that or, or have a friend or family member is. And it may, if it's not a medical situation, Hey, the life Jesus said in the world there, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. There's all of us have the desire, the need for the cardinal virtue of fortitude and the theological virtue of hope. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get back. We're talking with Mike Chadwick. Um, I met him at a barbecue with a bunch of members of the Men of Christ, people who organized the, the biggest uh, men's conference in North America, maybe in the world, the Men of Christ conference out there in the Milwaukee area. And everyone there said, you got to have Mike on your show. So I said, why? And they go, we don't know. You just got to have him on your show. He's really cool. So that's why we have Mike on our show. But I'm so glad. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak adventure. That's Hey man, I don't want you to miss out on your free stuff at deepadventure.com. Go there and subscribe to our weekly email newsletter. You get free video content, including the Bear Wozniak radio show, video version on YouTube before it even airs on EWTN. And you can follow us on all of our social media. Go to deepadventure.com and subscribe. Get your free stuff. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to press the subscribe button and ring that little bell. Don't miss out. Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. You know, uh, there's the Apostles' Creed that says, I believe, and there's the Nicene Creed that says, we believe. A lot of men out there are lone rangers. They have the I believe. I, I believe in God. Everything's good. I don't need to hang out with other men. I don't need to, uh, to become vulnerable and share, share my faith, share my fears with other men. <clears throat> but you need to be with other men. Iron sharpens iron. We have something um, that I think is really unique. We have something called, it's a secret group, secret Facebook group called Bears Man Cave. Um, you can't join it by going on Facebook and asking to be a member. You go to our website, deepadventure.com, and there's a big red, I think it's a stop sign that says, warning, don't enter for men only. And But if you dare, go in there and check it out, and then you can become a member of our Man Cave. And the, the, the Facebook group, we challenge, we educate, we, we, we mobilize, we encourage, we... We, we share our weaknesses, we share our, our, our failings, we, 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 we encourage one another uh, as men, and a great group of men. And so many of those men now, they've come so far in their faith, and many of them have actually started men's groups of their own within their, um, you know, within their, their community. And every about two, three, four weeks, whenever we feel like it, we get a Zoom video chat meetup, and we all get together on, 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 on the Zoom uh, software. And we talk story with each other for an hour. So just a great group. I want to encourage you, you men, if you're feeling a little bit isolated, you don't know where to begin, go to deepadventure.com and, and uh, ask to join them and become a member of the Man Cave. And we will, uh, we will, we'll bring you in. And, uh, and, uh, and, and you have so much to give to us, too. So we would love, we invite you to do that. We're talking with Mike Chadwick. He's uh, probably one of the most exciting guests we've ever had, we've ever had because, because, like me, he's a CPA. And uh, worked for actually the same firm I did, Deloitte. Touche, just kind of rare, and uh, and uh, but but we're sharing with him, uh, sharing with him because he's had a very deep uh, walk with the Lord, uh, uh, his own personal pilgrimage with the Lord, and he's also part of this 
this group that hosts the the biggest men's conference in the country, probably in the world, the night the the men of Christ in the Milwaukee area. So, uh, welcome back to the show, Mike. So you were sharing with us. So you 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 got diagnosed with something that it looked like might be terminal cancer. They thought most likely it's a terminal thyroid cancer. You're in your car. You're on your way home. Yeah, and um, I listened to the radio and, um, uh, you know, had, had this moment where I'd taken off and was upset, uh, was most worried about, uh, trying to figure out, uh, you know, what, what this means and potentially losing my family, not being there for my kids as they grow up. Worried and, about them, worried about them. Worried about them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went, uh, into the car to, to get going and it was by myself. And the moment I go in there, the, the radio was on, I didn't turn it on. It was already on. And it said, um, you know, but they're not yours. They are, they, your, your children belong to God. And at the end of their life, they don't answer to you. They answer to God. Mm. And so it was, uh, you know, just, it just hit me, hit me hard right there. Um, and was a, uh, you know, kind of a sign for me that God, God's with me in this. And, uh, so it continued on and we, uh, found out about two weeks later that it was not the terminal type Thank Praise the Lord. Um, still had it and still, um, have had a bit of a go with it, you know, over the years and, uh, hasn't been, um, you know, it hasn't been an easy road, uh, but it's, you know, I, I not walking by myself. So did been, you have surgery or radiation treatment? Or what I, did I did. I did both. They, they took, they took everything out. And so I think the hardest part for me actually was, um, with the thyroid cancer and it's all, they explained to me that a lot of time with men, when the thyroid comes out, um, you have to replace it with thyroid hormone. And I didn't know what the thyroid, I thought when they said I had a thyroid cancer, I thought that was a woman part. And that's how smart I am. Um, so, cause I had never, you know, never heard of it, but it's kind of a bow tie that goes across your neck for those who don't, don't know. And it controls a lot of your emotions, a lot of your energy, a lot, really? it just it's kind of a CPU of the body. And so, um, I, uh, struggled a lot getting adjusted. So it led to a lot of, and this is very common, um, it led to a lot of anxiety, you know, depression, and it just, it, it's a real tough transition because you're trying to artificially simulate what your body used to do on its own. Using hormone uh, treatment or something or? Yeah, it's, it's a thyroid replacement hormone and it just takes a while to stabilize. And it's, it's been a, you know, long, long journey with that as well. Well, Mike, you know, when I met you and just looking at you here, if you, those of you who, who would like to, you can watch our, the deep, the Bear Watson Adventure on YouTube. In fact, if you're a Patreon donor, uh, you get uh, you can get the videos months before they air on EWTN. Uh, but just when I met you and looking at you now, you look you look rugged. You look like a, you look like you're you you when before this happened, where did you work out a lot? Or what, what you had? I, you were... I did. Yeah, I I was an athlete growing up, and so um, did so football, you... basketball, baseball. And I, I'm a jogger. Yeah, so you, so so your so the physicality of your life kind of means something a little bit more to you too than in, in others. You felt in somewhat some ways. I remember I used to feel invincible until I almost drowned in surfing a big wave. You had this invincibility sense about you physically, right? Yeah, it was part of your psyche you didn't even know was there, and then all of a sudden, whoa. I, taken, I'm, I'm not as strong as I thought I was taken away entirely. Yeah, no. And, and that's funny. You, you say it's invincible because I, I don't know if I necessarily thought that, but I had tons of people come up to me when, um, after I got diagnosed and they said, no way, there's no way you're not you. you. Yeah. Not right. you. And, um, um, I don't say that from a proud perspective, but it just, you know, it's kind of, 
it was an odd situation, but as part of, again, the, um, anything, once that happened, anything's possible, you know, it's kind of a different mindset where you get a pain somewhere and you're like, well, maybe right. that's, you know, right. and, and it's a, kind of a dangerous mentality that, you know, eventually goes away, but it's, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was challenging. Well, to you know, there's, a, there's that saying that I love so much, memento mori, remember your death, memento yeah. mori, you know, remember your death. And if you don't, if you're not, if you're not thinking of that, that, you know, you're here and then you're gone and then heaven or hell, you know, you, if you're not living like you're going to die, everything is out of whack. You're not living life uh, in, in the right perspective or in the right way. So all of a sudden, what, what changed in your prayer life or in your married life or in your family life? I, I, I think, you know, I, I talked earlier about putting the gl the glasses kind of came on and I saw everything totally different and, and, and clearly. And I think I was able to, I look back on it and I had a lot of attachments, not, not ones that I necessarily knew I had, but I was attached to my job. I think I was attached to creature comforts. I was attached to going out to eat. I was, a, you know, probably a, I don't think I'm a control guy, but I, I think I probably try to control things, control how my kids act or control what they do. And and I think all those things are little attachments that I had that, um, you know, this has allowed me to kind of at a minimum see those and, you know, to the extent I can cut them, you know, and when you say you know, your attachment, you're curious, almost like you have an agenda, like your people uh, today have this struggle where they become careerists, like their whole identity is caught up in that. And then the next promotion and the next promotion. And they, they forget that um, there's a difference between finding meaning in your work and always trying to, to get to get the next promotion, get the corner office with a real plant and an administrative assistant outside, yep. that there's no real meaning in that. You no. can find, and at least unhappy. And I, I've worked with a lot of different people too. And and I'm not, you know, say, saying this about anyone in particular, but it, you do see it where they're not. It's never enough. You're never happy. And it's it's you know you get to a certain point and you want something else. And so I think I, I am thankful to God because I think I realized that somewhat early. And I always I try to keep my my job, not, not that it's not important, not that I shouldn't give 100%, you know, it, in, to my company, but it, but it it's secondary. And it's something that fills my broader goal, which is to make it to heaven and to get my family and others to heaven. And that's my number one goal. And I think that's what became clear to me. And it's not just a, um, I genuinely, firmly believe that. I think, you know, it's not a, it's not a, in my opinion. Opinion, and I have to preach, but it, I know it's not a natural world; it's a supernatural world. And sometimes I think I saw it too much with a natural lens, mm -hmm. instead of um, you know, kind of understanding my, my, you know, our, what our ultimate mission is. Well, let's talk about that. The, let's talk about that. You said about bringing your family and others to Christ. We only have a couple minutes here before we take a little break. But when did you find yourself seeking out other men and having and and uh, growing in your faith with 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 brothers? Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm fortunate because, um, I have two brothers and they both moved back to my town around the same time I did. So they, they were a, a big help and we're, we're a very tight family. And, um, I also have, uh, cousins. So there are seven of us that are within like six years of each other that kind of grew up together and we're all, we have each other's back. Um, and we're all, it, it, you know, I think in the same spot spiritually and putting God first in our lives. And, and we've, I've got a great, father, uncle, um, mom, just extended family. That's, they have always been supportive and, and been, been good examples. And I think. Of, so. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say some of us we've grown together. And so with the men of Christ, it's another, it's just an opportunity to go and you, 
you're there with 3000 men who are like-minded, who are, it's, and on your own, it, you can still, I mean, to your point, bear have fortitude, but it, when you walk into this place and there are 3000, it's just, you know, you get this rush of, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not on an Island. I, I'm, there are other men who are, you know, seeking God first, putting God first. And it's the camaraderie is amazing. And, and it doesn't need to be 3000 people, obviously, but it, it, you know, even locally, we've got a great parish that I belong to a lot of young families. And what's people, the name of the parish? It's St. Patrick's. St. Patrick's. And what, can we know what town or what area it is? Rochelle, Rochelle Illinois. Oh, how cool. How cool. Yeah. Shout out to that parish. Shout out. <laughs> now, do you have a, do you have a men's group in that parish too then? Or small we do. We, we, we have a, that man is you. Cool. Um, we've That's been doing so cool. the program. Yeah. We'll talk, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about that after our break. We're talking with sure. Mike Chadwick, one of the most boring guests we've, we've ever had on our show because, like me, he is a CPA. We both worked for the same firm, Deloitte Touche, back in the day. Uh, but don't hold that against us. We'll be right back with more of the Bear Wozniak adventure. Aloha, welcome back to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. You're listening to this on EWTN Radio or maybe some other uh, podcast app, too. Or if you're smart, you went to the deepadventure.com website and uh, you checked it out and you, and you subscribed uh, to our email. So if you subscribe to our e email, you get it the day before it airs in the video version. If you're even smarter, you can go to YouTube uh, the Bear Wozniak YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel there and you can get our videos as we upload them. If you're brilliant, like Mike Chadwick and I, my guest <laughs> Mike, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Bear Wozniak Deep Adventure and you can become a, a Patreon donor. If you give it the $20 level, you get the video version of the radio show months before it airs on EWTN. Plus, I think you get a really cool coffee mug too. Plus, the whole Long Ride Home TV series, you get an all-seasons pass video streaming for all, all episodes, and you get to see the newest episode, like we just released yesterday, a couple days ago, episode uh, the first episode of season three, and that, that you get to see the director's cut before EW, EWTN even uh, airs it. It won't be aired for probably nine more months. So, um, yeah, join us, and you, get to see what, uh, you can get to see what, what Mike Chadwick actually looks like. Brilliant, just like all CPAs. Actually, you look great. Thank you. You don't look like a like a bookkeeper, you know, or, well, or an accountant. <laughs> no green eye shades or anything, Mike. So, uh, I want you to talk to the men out there about uh, th this the, the formation of the importance. I know um, we want to see. We have a goal here in America to see one million men men part of a small cell group meeting weekly. Uh, tell us about about the, you you use the that man is you program which is a great program talk to us though about the vitality the importance the vitalness of that type of relationship and what you guys do and how that then grows into the conference and yeah absolutely i i i, I can't say enough about it i mean it it's it's the ability again you within within our own domestic church within your home you are going to have issues come up and and things that you're you're dealing with and then i think coming together with other men being able to share that it's a different I love my wife and she's wonderful. She's uh, a saint. Anyone can put up with you is probably pretty wonderful. She's right, going to yeah. be a saint. You're making her a saint. Just by being <laughs> yeah, she's welcome. Um, but, but, but I do think, you know, it's a different, it's different to talk to men about it. It's different to share that with men. I think um, there's a different perspective, different understanding um, of what, of what we're going through. And it's, um, it, and sometimes it's you 
that needs it. And sometimes it's someone else there that needs it. And so it's just, it's kind of a, a association that you're, you're part of and you feel it's your family and it's an extended family. And it's, um, you know, sometimes you have to go deep. People are having uh, tough times within your group and it requires a little more than just meeting. And sometimes it's, it's just a uh, camaraderie and it's friends, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and usually yeah, the, that manager, we, we helped get that started in Hawaii. We, we started three groups in Hawaii before I kind of started doing more global type things, I guess. But, um, but I love that program because it's a turnkey program. You, I always tell men, if you, if you, if you're in a prayer, if you're in a parish and you don't have a men's group, it's your fault. Get one other guy and start the That Man Is You program. And it's so cool. Describe how what it takes to start a That Man Is You program. It's- it, it really, they make it incredibly easy for you. And so um, I, I think a lot of times, the nice thing for us at our parish, we've got an older, you know, when I say older, people who are past 65 and also people who are younger um, who are, you know, under the age of 40 and then in between. So it's, it's a nice, you get wisdom from people who have, you know, again, been there before, done that. But then you also have people who are your age. So I, I think it's important actually to have that different age range um, as well. It's a, it brings a good perspective. To, you know, to- in Hawaii, there's still this this tribalism of, of the men and the women. My wife says it's very dramatic to her when she goes to Hawaii to see how the men are together. The men will, will I mean, because we maybe because we're watermen, we surf together, we do all these other things other than go watch a fight at the bar or, or talk about work, you know, and, and there's that sort of that there's that gathering of, of men. In fact, as a, if you're 30 years old, you'll have younger men call you uncle. You know, you're all part of our part of the family and I uncle on them. You know, they'll come to me and say, uncle, this happened. What should I do? Uh, or I'll correct them. I'll adjust them. I'll challenge them. You know, just, just, it's just part of the, the tribal feeling there. And I know that that's what happens at the, that man is you program. There's that kind of, um, um, experience of other men uh, challenging you and and uh, and encouraging you and giving you their wisdom. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's really um, an, an easy thing uh, to to get started. They have all the information you could possibly need, um, and you can you can look it up on, on. They have a website, but they give you it's a three year course, and it really teaches you to be a better father, a better husband, um, and it has it, you know it's, so it's usually about a maybe 20 to 30 minute video up front, everyone gets together and watches. And then after that, you, you break out and just talk about topics. You know, usually they give you two questions to ponder and, and you talk about those, but it always obviously branches into a lot of other questions, a lot of other topics that. What, what I like about it is, is anyone can start one because they give you the, here's the turnkey package. You have one of the guys needs to do coffee and one of the guys needs to do this or this. One of the guys needs to open up the door early. Someone needs to set up chairs. It could all be just three people doing all those jobs too, but there's a job description for all these different people. And then there's even a, a software program where you, you go online, people log in to join, and then, and then they get communicated with that week. And I also like the fact that it starts on time and ends on time. Yep, that's right. It's not like it's going to be an hour and a half or two hours taken away from your family. Men are busy, but they can they can commit to that one hour together each week. And it also doesn't run during the summer usually, right? It it doesn't. No, it takes it takes the appropriate breaks. It takes a break at Christmas time, break during the summer. So it it's it's great. And you know nobody has time, but but it's something that every time you go and you're you know a lot of times it's early in the morning, but every time you go, um, you leave there and you're like, I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I I I came today. Me too, and to me, to me, it's one of the most. Uh, 
it's a man's some of the programs out there are kind of like a, a women's fellowship program that they said well let's just do this for the men too this one is only is for men only in fact i think they even i think even when the first segment don't they go through some football statistics or something <laughs> they so, do. They so do. when your wife says what did you talk about you don't have to tell them what you really talked about you can just say well we talked about football and these are some of the statistics we talked about but because what what happens in that man issue stays in that man issue it's very you know Right. If there's confidential things shared, it's kind of kept there. Yeah, and, and, and they, they do share a lot. You know, the accounting nerd in me loves that they, they share a lot of statistics and they, <laughs> they talk through, you know, and then they acknowledge it's not one of those, uh, to your point, real soft, you know, uh, approaches. They, they acknowledge, you know, the problems there are and, the, and why there are and talk about it and let's talk about it instead of, you know, ignoring it. Let's what can we do about it? So it's more of a it's an action oriented program to not only how you handle your individual life, your family, but also society uh, at large. So it's so cool. And it doesn't dodge any of the hard, uh, any of the more difficult areas. It gets right. Some of the things that men ch are challenged with, they feel so ashamed of, you know, the, the enemy shames them and they think, gosh, I hope no one ever knows I have this challenge or that challenge. And then you get into the that man as you program, you realize you're not alone. Right. And you're around men that have, that have had that challenge and have, have have been victorious and can deal with it you know whether it's drinking or or pornography or workaholic or whatever it might be in your, your particular life you find out you're not alone we're all bozos on the same bus we just kind of all need to get on get over it and start helping each other that's right that's right and then so out of that tell us about the men's conference and the how, how do you guys gather three thousand people i know you actually use best business practices to make that happen. It's just so cool using, using your earthly gifts to make, to evangelize. Yeah, How do you get 3,000 men to a conference? That's a great question. Um, you know, my, my uncle's been very involved in that. And uh, he is, uh, you know, Kevin O'Brien is the one who, who started that. And they have, I think he's done a great job. And, and most of the people who are leading are, are businessmen, you know, in the community. And they, um, you know, that that's part, part of the way they spread the message. And I think once you're, once you go, you come back. And, yeah. and I think it's something that keeps building and building and that, you know, not, not, there's a ton of effort that goes into it, but I, but I think the conference is really successful because people, they mark their calendar every year because it's such a important, you know, kind of a, uh, you, you know, kind of an annual retreat that, that you have to do. So if men want to start one of these, start a, 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 a that man as you program, well, the first men's conference I went to, I go, well, how did you get a thousand men men here in Orlando? And they go, well, or Tampa, it's because they all go to a that man as you program. So there's kind of like the cellular level, and then there's the bigger conferences. But one of the things that you guys do, which I think is just like wow, is you actually have a phone call. You you have a phone bank. You have different men calling uh, members of a parish saying, come. You know, if you try to hold a men's rally at your parish, you're probably going to get a small group of men. But if you actually dial up, like when, as a Knights of Columbus member, I get a phone call every, every now and then, you know. Um, but if you dial up, you guys actually dial people up and say, hey, come to the conference. You're actually being proactive, not just putting up a poster or putting something in the bulletin. Yeah. And you, you have ambassadors, you know, at, at each parish that will kind of take spearhead that and then they can, you know, bring it down to whatever level it needs to be. But a lot of times it's bring one bring a person you didn't bring this time, you know, and it's, it doesn't take, yes. you don't do 20 people, but you just yeah. find one person who you think would benefit and, and yeah. bring, them along. bring one more person. Yep. Just bring, it may take you a whole year to convince them. But the thing about that conference is it, it doesn't feel uh, like you're 
inviting them to church. They say, come to this right. conference. And the same thing as that manage you program. You got to come check out this that manage you <laughs> you program. It's kind of like the step before they may even be feeling comfortable to go into a church for people who haven't been been um, you know been going to church for a while. We've been talking right. with Mike Chadwick, a fellow CPA. Uh, I was told by the the men of Christ at a uh, barbecue I had with them after doing one of my long ride home TV shows that I had to talk to this guy, and I'm so glad we did. Mike, thanks for being our guest. Thank you, Bear. P- appreciate it. So we invite you guys to go to our website, deepadventure.com, find out. Our, our new our web designer, Fuzadi, said, you know what? And Kickstart Media cooperated with them. They said, how are we going to do a website when you've got so much going on in your ministry? There's so much you don't even know that we're doing. So go to deepadventure.com and check it all out. Maybe uh, subscribe to our newsletter. If you do, you get to get the video version of our uh, EW10 radio show the day before it even airs. So until next week, may the breath of the Holy Spirit aloha you. Aloha. You've been listening to the Bear Wozniak Adventure. Go to bearwozniak.com to get your free audio and other exciting content. Plus, you can pick up the Long Ride Home 10-episode DVD set, autographed copies of Bear's books, Long Ride Home shirts, tanks, coffee cups, and even motorcycle pins and patches. And find out how guys can sign up for Bear's Man Cave online Facebook group, all at bearwozniak.com. 